Down through church history and still today, sincere disciples of Jesus Christ have believed that while God's people in the Old Testament were permitted and even encouraged to take oaths in God's name, God's people in the New Testament are forbidden by Jesus to take any oath in anyone's name. Their conviction is based on the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, when he said, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black, but let your yes be yes, and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Now, what Jesus was addressing in the Sermon on the Mount was a culture of falsehood that had grown up within Israel with a pious-sounding theology to support it. This culture of falsehood was devastating to Israel, just as it is always to any culture. For a culture of falsehood is a culture of distrust, and a culture of distrust is a culture of broken relationships, both personally and economically. Jeremiah the prophet described the culture of falsehood and its effects in his own day. He said, Everyone take heed to his neighbor, and do not trust any brother, for every brother will utterly supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slanderers. Everyone will deceive his neighbor and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongues to speak lies. They weary themselves to commit iniquity. That is in Jeremiah chapter 9. Now, this same culture of falsehood made a reappearance in Israel of the first century. And this culture of falsehood is what Jesus was speaking against in the Sermon on the Mount. And it is what he is calling his disciples then and now out of. This culture of falsehood in the first century was expressed in terms of a very complex theology of swearing or oath-taking. This complex theology of swearing was based on a twisting of Leviticus chapter 19, verse 12, which is what Jesus quotes in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, You have heard it said that you will tell the truth, you will swear truthfully in the Lord's name. In this complex and, converted and perverted theology of swearing, the bindingness of the oath depended on what the oath was sworn on, with the idea being that as long as you were not actually swearing in the Lord's name, then you could not violate the law of God in Leviticus 19. Now, Jesus talks about this perverted theology in Matthew chapter 23 when he says, Woe to you blind guides who say, Whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Now, this was this complex theology of swearing. And once you have this kind of thinking, holding sway in a society, and particularly being exalted in forms of a piety toward God, the question is this. Is anybody going to believe anybody else's simple word? The answer is no. 
you're going to want more. You're going to want an oath, and not just any oath, but just the right oath. And you will probably need a lawyer, that is a scribe, to advise you on exactly what kind of oath you need or what kind of oath you should give. And it's going to get more and more complicated as time goes goes along, it is going to become more and more ridiculous, and society is going to break down more and more. Furthermore, the entire thing is hypocritical, because it sounds like it's all about the truth. It sounds like that this is born of a great concern to tell the truth, and to be very detailed and precise about the truth. But in reality, it is a culture of falsehood. Now, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount wants to take a wrecking ball to this whole hypocritical culture of falsehood. It may seem like Jesus is changing the Old Testament law by forbidding swearing altogether, but a deeper look indicates that this is not what Jesus is doing. After all, Jesus testified under oath at his own trial, Matthew chapter 26. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, forbids swearing by heaven, earth, Jerusalem, or one's own head. The Jews, you see, were swearing by these very things and then going back on their oaths with the excuse that they had not actually sworn falsely in God's name. Jesus forbids this practice, and he points out two evils that it promotes. First of all, it promotes and excuses falsehood, which, as Jesus says, is from the evil one. Second, it is implicit atheism. For you see, there is nothing we can swear by without implicating the name of the God who owns and controls all things. So Jesus is not introducing a new standard, but rather reacquainting his disciples with the old one. Leviticus 19 forbids false swearing in God's name, but it also goes on to forbid all falsehood, all lying, all dealing falsely and craftily with one another. And right in the middle of all of that, it gives the second greatest commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Any kind of falsehood, any kind of craftiness is a form of murdering your neighbor. It's not loving your neighbor as yourself. Now, the reason why Leviticus 19 forbids all of these things, the reason is grounded in God himself and his presence with his people. This sense of God's presence, you see, is what the scribes and Pharisees were lacking. People who sense God in their midst live like Leviticus 19 describes. They do not engage any in any falsehood or craftiness. But people who do not sense God's presence, but who are nevertheless religious, They live like the scribes and the Pharisees, and they come up with theology like the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. In other words, Jesus is saying what Leviticus 19.11 says, you shall not deal falsely or lie to one another. Now, what does this mean? It means that there are special occasions when oaths are appropriate. When we testify in court, when we are invested with an office in church or society, those are examples. But in normal day-to-day life, you should need no oath, let alone an oath with just the right words. For you should be completely honest, forthright, transparent, and trustworthy in all your dealings. Let your yes be yes 
and your no, no. Why is this so important? Because it images the one true God. It affirms and it protects something priceless, something grounded in God himself, and that is that God is a God of his word. Amen.